No, I just I have no I have no energy left after like everything's a reason so everything's a reason to drink. It's like, oh let's let's go on jet skis, drink, let's go to the beach, drink, let's hang out by someone's pool, drink. It's like I have no energy to do anything after. Let's look that. let's look at let's look at some charts. Well, yeah. Glass of wine. I might make an exception for that. When you look at your charts, you pour a glass of wine? I'm shooting like eighty seven percent from the field during the summer. Uh like stock market wise? No, nah, I just drinking eighty seven percent of the days. Oh. Yeah, the summer is the right in the summer when my kids are away. No, but that's always an excuse. It's it's, always, first of all, like, can I just no, tell you? I'm saying when my kids are away, it's even harder. Yeah. Can I just tell you that I just had the like the best summer concert of 17 courses, me and Tom Lee, down in the village. Where? Uh it's called Geico. Genko? No. The insurance company? Not Geico. Wait, what did I'm you have? I'm pretty sure it's Geico. What did you have? <laughs> 17 courses of what? Omakase. Omakase. So these what are sushi. sushi. Uh. Where the they the sushi chef chooses. And then I added a few more, so it was like 20-something. Wait, for lunch? 17 courses, but like each one is a bite. Wait, is this Correct. for lunch, you yeah. animal? Well, I have like problems. I have like real sushi problems. That's why I opened an account with you guys, because if not, I would just spend all my money on raw fish. Sushi actually. problems. They do Wait. have issues. Man. Yeah, what's going on with your wine? What We're is on it? our third vintage. What is it really called? Genko? Geico. Yeah, Genko. That's it. Yeah, Genko. <laughs> Genko. Genko omakase. Uh, so I, I prefer AIG. What is that chart? What is that? What is what are these lines? I can't say. Is that MACD? How come you and I never get sushi? What is what chart? We always this is RSI. Steaks. And this is price. We always eat steaks when you and I are out. We never or Italian. We never get sushi. I didn't I know. know you got down like that. You get down? What? I don't eat no, I don't do omakase. I eat I eat three kinds of sushi. Tuna, salmon, and spicy tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going with you. That's what I do. Tom Lee gets down, dude. You don't want to we go. We really enjoyed that. I'm not he's fun. A, he's, a good, he's a smart guy. Oh, I'll, shrimp tempura. I'll, <laughs> I'll eat the one with the shrimp. Is that Ebby? Are you serious? Yeah. I can't even with this guy. That's what I do. Yeah, I can't with you. you no, know I had for lunch today? Uh, P.O. 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 is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the last time we hung out. Mine, we mine was better. Were you on the show in February? When January. January. First show of the year, remember? You said it was going to be the best one. Oh, uh, you know, Strauss. Yeah. That was a good one. Were you right about pretty much everything you said? No. Well, what did you get wrong? Because everything that I remember, it seems like you nailed. What well, as, as much as I appreciate that, um, you know, we rotated nice into growth, and that worked out really well. Oh, uh, you're bullish gold. That's what you got wrong. Well, gold's been fine. And and some of the energy stocks haven't really done much either yet, uh, which we'll talk about today. We've been, so. we've been way more right this year than wrong. Credit to you. Well, fortunately, like we we take the time to count how many stocks are going up, and there was just a lot you got of them going the, you up. You got the uh, you got the participation thing right way before anyone else. Yeah, that that more stocks were in their own individual bull markets than yeah. most people thought, mm -hmm. and you definitely you definitely had that one. Who are we talking about with energy stocks? I said Oxy looks so bad, and uh, they just it just bounced pretty hard since I said that. I think they're going up. Who said that? Who I think they're going up? up too, man. Because um, oil's going up. Uh, I think commodities are just being left for dead. I think people are just, they're not into the commodities. They got all junked up on this tech again. Commodities and that's breaking when up. the rug pull comes. Commodities look good, right? Right now? Good is a strong word. Uh, not terrible is probably more accurate. Good-ish, good-ish. Um, better. Decent. And, and you know, you're seeing the relative strength out of uh, oil services, which I, has never happened ever. I feel like they're always the, the worst companies. Can I Some point of these out offshore the, drillers, man? Rug, I haven't looked at this in a while. You're right. The rug pull that you're referring to, uh, Microsoft is down since it reported uh, 21 points and counting. Great. 21 points. How many points? What's the denominator, son? Nobody talks points. People what, talk points. 
People Trader talk stock points. all the time. Thank yeah. you. People don't talk points. Yes, they they do. Do. What people do you talk to? Tell how me who you talk points, to. What, how many points is Microsoft trading at? 330 points right now. It was at 350. See, yeah. that matters though. Fine. It was at 350. But you trade in points. Mike, it was no, at. You trade in percent. Mike, it was no, at. No, you don't trade in percent. You're a financial advisor. You think in percent. But in the real world, in the not financial advisor world, it's not like that. Yeah, school this kid. In, so, uh, so you don't care. You don't care how much percentage points you make. You care I about do how many care. Points. We just don't talk that way. Points. Like, we don't talk We're talking about that points. We're talking about moves. Yeah, points, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no, Twenty like points. Stocks, Ten points. Stocks. Don't, well, stocks move in points. Yeah, bro. Facebook is. Uh, it used to be an eight. All right, whatever with your fucking nonsense. Can I just say what my my point was that I was trying to make though is that people taking profits. Yeah, Microsoft had great earnings, but yeah. it went up so much, yeah. and it's down twenty one points. Sorry. It's probably down 7% or 6% since okay. they reported. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, For you remedial mathematicians who, who need a hand yeah, you know with your percentage. So we're at an inflection point. Stop taking a pause. It's okay. Which ones, though? The indexes. Oh, we'll, talk, we'll, well get granular. Whose problem we'll, is that now? We're going to lift under the hood. We're going to get under that's, the hood. Are that's we not our, That's not our problem. We're we going under the hood. That's certainly go, not mine. We're going, we're going deep under the hood. We will go as deep as you want, my friend. Very. So these guys were in, in in Hong Kong. So I'm like, you got to go into Kowloon and go as deep as possible. So Kowloon is like the Brooklyn of Hong Kong, right? So you got to go over. It's really nice. And it goes forever. And the deeper you go, the less English and the more Cantonese and all this. And I was like, how deep did you go? They're like, deeper, deeper than you want to know. Oh, yeah. Who's this? Uh, Strasen, Strasen, Sean. Yeah. Meaning like they went to an area that there are no other tourists like the last tourist. The deeper you go into, like the deeper you go into, like Flushing, for example. Right. You know, like how many white guys from Westchester are you going to see there? Right. right, right. So they're just stumbling around Asia, like meeting traders and investors. They made it the home. Way. They're back. Oh, they're home. They're okay. back. The video is hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> These guys are out of control. Uh, what are you doing with that? Well, uh, we're turning into a docu series. Remember, I've been to all these countries. Singapore, yeah. KL, Philippines. KL? We what's KL? Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur. Malaysia. Uh. Remember, what's that movie where there's a guy Rogue hanging Trader? at the end? Sean Connery. Yeah, Rogue. Sean Connery. What's that Wait, Sean Connery. And Ka Catherine Zeta-Jones. They're stealing oh, something from- Oh, Entrapment. The Twin Towers? Entrapment. Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's KL. Movie. I was thinking Rogue Trader. Ewan uh, oh, McGregor. Yeah. Strasza love looks, that movie. So looks a little like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Kind so of. So you sent him to all these countries. And Sean. And Sean. And what's the- Wait, Connery? I thought he died. What's the cinematographer's name? Giancarlo. Giancarlo. So you're gonna show this. Where are you gonna show it though? Like when it's when the, when it's done. Con. I don't know. We got we have such amazing footage. We got to figure out what to do with it. I mean, it's a it's a ten episode series, an episode per city. But we have so much sick content. Like we could do anything with it. Is, is the city the right way to break it up? I guess we'll see. They okay. have opinions now, so we'll see what happens when they fly back. They're like, oh, you know, because they. Oh, the talent. The talent has yeah, opinions. Don't let the talent direct from a from an airplane. I'm what does Sean know about, to about production? I told them to go to a baseball game. They didn't go to a baseball game. Okay. They went to go get more sushi, which I, you did know. They, did they go sumo? I was there. I was there for game seven of the sumo, like, World Series, if you will. Yeah, but it's 15. Yeah, like the equivalent. <laughs> like, it was the 15th day of the tournament, which is like. Is it exciting? Dude, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. It's it's it's, it's probably the, wild, it's the wildest sporting event I've ever seen in my life. It's like. Sumo. NF. Sumo. Wait, go on, go on. Why? Well, first of all, the audience there is of every uh, sex, age, um, demographic. You got young kids, older women, like everything in the world. Like, so it's complete. As opposed to like a football game for us, it's yeah. going to be a bunch of drunk dudes yeah. and like some yeah, women yeah. every now and then, and maybe a kid or two. But like, right? 
It wasn't like that there. And every match gets m m better. So it's like maybe 50 matches throughout the day. So like in the morning, it's like the younger kids, like the up and comers. And then with every match in the afternoon until the finally the, the main event. Yeah, it's like, which, under, like an undercard leading into. But all day. Yeah. Did, did Behanda win? Day. What? Remember Behanda from Street Fighter? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because when you look at the different. They're all Japanese except for a few guys. There's like a couple of Mexicans and like some Romanian guys. And you could just tell by how much hair they have on their back because the Japanese guys don't have any hair at all. Mm. But then like these Russians come in there and they're just giant bears full of hair. Yeah. Like it's just pretty funny because they stand out and see it's crazy. If you can get ever get a chance to see sumo in Tokyo. Where does the audience sit in relation to the the what they're on like a, a, a raised, mat. they're like on it's a, a raised Matt, they're like squares, and you sit down on the squares, uh, and then like each square is for four people. Okay, and it's way too small for like Americans, like yeah, yeah, yeah. smaller Japanese people. It's probably more convenient. Yeah, for you and me, bro, it's just not like it's not gonna cut it. I wonder why they haven't right, brought you know. sumo to like MSG, like fly over they the probably the best. Do. I feel like yeah, they maybe, probably we do. maybe we don't know about it. Maybe we don't know about it. They probably. But do. is that more fun than like watching? different martial artists like to, like watching like UFC. Yo, it's crazy. So the referees, so with every match, the 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 match is more important. The referees get ups get crazier. So by the time <laughs> you should see these Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> these guys have all these ridiculous ghettos. All different colors. Like the, just wait, the, they look like the Cinderella. Are, the of like, are in costume. Oh shit, look at this. Dude, they're out of control. Uh, so with every event, the refs look at this guy. <laughs> Dude, you should see these things. So the Yokozuna fight at the end is best two out of three. It's the only one that's best two out of three. And you should see this guy. They're called oh. Gyojis. Wait, what's Yokozuna? Is that the name of the athlete? That's the name of the grand champion of the event. Okay. So you, that's how you, you want to become that, you're saying? They date like all the models and all like the actresses. Like they're the ones who crush it in Japan. Okay. They're like so, the Tom Brady of Japan. How big are, how big are they? Look at these guys. 360, 370. You guys sound like a bunch of gaijin. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Go back to North Carolina. Sit down. Let's hit hit start before I lose interest in this whole thing. Uh, we don't have John today, uh, JC. Nicole is filling in. Nicole, is. this is like the biggest test of your, right? Are you ready? Career. Are you nervous? I asked her if I had enough charts. I heard you showed up with 400 charts. I deleted some. All right. Let me get into my doc. All right, guys. What are we doing? We good? Okay. All right. Michael's Michael's Googling sumo wrestlers. He's going to fall into a Dude, I'm hole. telling you, man. You guys. And then I saw this other guy with like a Pittsburgh Steelers hat on. And I forget what I was wearing, but I think it was a Miami Dolphins shirt. And we both walked by each other. We were the only non-Japanese people there. And he walks by me. He's like, he's like, yo, this shit is crazy, huh? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. We just kept walking. <laughs> like we knew like we were both like in a different planet. It was pretty funny, actually. I love it. All right, here we go. Wait, wait, I'm nervous. Why? No, I'm just kidding. Go. What episode is this, Nicole? Michael? This is the Combat Friends episode. She's better than John at that. She's good. <laughs> Welcome to the and Friends. All opinions expressed by Josh Brown, Michael Batnick, and their castmates are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Redholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ridholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. 
This episode of The Compound and Friends is sponsored by J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Whether you're looking to build a complete diversified portfolio or target specific regions, factors, and strategies, you can choose from more than 50 innovative, low-cost ETFs. To learn more, go to jpmorganetfs.com. All right. I mean, this is like a, this is a homecoming fan favorite. J.C. Peretz is here. J.C. Uh, joins us for the second time this year. But we've just established that your first appearance this year was the first show. That's right. Was uh, January. And obviously, a lot about what the market was doing since then is different than today. Let me just uh, let me play something real quick that I think is apropos for what the show is going to be about. Bear with me. You got you to somehow get yourself out of that pickle and say I was wrong. But his new, with the mea culpa, his year-end target's 4,200. Talking about Mike so Wilson. So it's, it's just more of the same, right? Yes, that's right. You, you can tell people are still bearish because the strategist year-end target on average is 8% downside. And the strategists reflect the buy side sentiment. So most professional investors think the market's going to go down between now and year-end. I think, Good. Yeah. So then you have you been wrong uh, more more. All right, that that is of course uh, the illustrious Tom Lee. Tom's having a much more fun this year than last year. Would you say? I don't get it. I don't read his research. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, listen, man, this is a very different tape than what we started the year with. But let me back up and do an official introduction. Uh, JC is a compound fan favorite and founder, chief strategist for All Star Charts. He is a technical analyst. Wizard. And All-Star Charts is a technical analysis research platform. It's used by hedge funds, RIAs, family offices, central banks, sumo wrestlers, individual investors. JC Peretz, welcome back to the show. Thank Great you to for have you. Me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, being told to lower the volume on What's my that? thing. It's liquid death. They come in flavors now? Yeah. It's, uh, it's very good. Severed lime. Is it carbonated? Yeah, it's carbonated. Mm. I had my first liquid death at Lindzen's house in Coronado like five years ago, believe it or not. Oh, really? I heard they just sold this company for like a gigantic amount of money. Yeah. Very water. Sp- big business, water. Did Howard invest? Yeah. It's not just that it's water. A cursory internet search told me that it looks like a beer. Yeah. And a lot of people are not drinking alcohol anymore. Or not as much as we used oh to. Oh my God, this guy stopped f-ing drinking for no, 10 days. No, not me. He stopped for he 10 days. And he's like, unbelievable. This not guy. me. A lot of people are. I won't more send into, him wine. I'll send you wine. Thank you. A lot of people are, there's a backlash. Everyone started drinking way too much during the pandemic, and now people are drinking less. That's all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So if you walk around a party with one of these, it doesn't look like a Poland spring bottle. Sure. Can we all agree on this? That's yeah. a okay. fact. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. all right. JC, have you brought any charts for us today? Um, <laughs> if you had to guess. All right, Nicole, are you ready for this? Look at this guy. But he's out, here, he's out here naked. Actually, JC, you know, the shirt I almost wore today, for those who are just in listen-only mode oh, on, the, this. on this podcast, I'm wearing Fibonacci's My Homeboy. At first, I had the cell puts naked. Yeah. But I think that was a little bit too risque. Uh, so I went. It fib- is a bull market. I know. Yeah. I went Fibonacci, dude. How? F- what's going on? Are we gonna? F- is this just gonna continue through the end of the year? Did you hear what I said? Probably. It's today is a key reversal day, short term. Key reversal day. Yeah. You sure? No, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. We, I don't know right. what tomorrow happens. So, so the Dow just went up 13 days in a row or something. Yeah. So we're down one day. Yeah. Okay. But it's outside. Yeah. This is the big one. It's, out- <laughs> it's an outside day. So don't put don't put don't put charts in my mouth. I'm not saying that. All right. Let's let's, go. let's 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 get it. Let's get into what you think is going on. 
The people demand to hear from you. Well, no, listen, and I appreciate the invite and all the kind words, of course. And and just keep in mind, you know, we could do this all night, as you guys are well aware. We could be here for hours and hours and hours. Lionel Richie said it best. Order food, you know, uh, order some cocktails, and we could be do this all night. So, obviously, we're not going to do that. We're going to try to just kind of bring up. Is that good? Is yeah, that that's good? Yeah, you're happy about that. Right. In the old days, we used to drink tequila. <laughs> we used to drink tequila when we did this. Yeah, now we got yeah, me yeah. drinking seltzer. Josh it's a full market. We're evolving. We're evolving. Come on, let's 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 go. Breath deterioration. Okay. So we're seeing new 52-week highs in both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transports. And, you know, I know a lot of this might be common sense, but I think a lot of investors fail to realize that when you look back at all of the bear markets in history, you don't you don't get a lot of new 52-week highs in those bear markets, right? <laughs> like just a strong downtrends. You're right. just not going to see a lot of new highs. So this is just further evidence of all of the other things that we've been seeing for over a year. You know, I, it, this is Dow theory confirmation. I mean, you don't like the word confirmation, but yeah, I mean, it's not a divergence. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. Re it's a reiteration, it's a confirmation. It's just hey, hey guys, we're making new fifty-two week highs. So all that other stuff that we're seeing that says the same thing, like this isn't saying anything differently. I looked at the components of the Dow Jones transportation average earlier this week. It's like, it's like everything that you want to see going up. If the prevailing narrative is now going to be that the oh, actually. The economy is reaccelerating now that inflation has cooled off. It's UPS. Wait, you guys FedEx. having you guys having deja vu? We did that last time we spoke about no, the transports. No, but it's it's trains, yeah. it's automobiles. Like, is Uber in there? We had the I know we had this conversation last time. I can't remember. But everything that you want to see going up is going up. It, Airlines. It, it, and the closest right here. It's the highest monthly close of all time. Is that bullish? For the transports going all the way back to Charlie. Yeah, right. I was going to say that sounds down. super bearish. Okay. Uh, Does that a new all time high? Is that traditionally no, bearish? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. All right, so this is this is good to have. Even if you don't believe in Dow theory or you think it's outdated or whatever, if it's it's not a negative thing that this is going. Now, on. also let's remember when you talk about Dow theory, this is probably one of the least relevant Dow theory tenants. Remember, closing prices are the most important price. That's Dow theory. Uh, asset prices trend. That's Dow theory. Um, I mean, there's a lot more than just you know you have different you have bull markets, you have bear markets. All of that is Dow theory. Uh, right. So this is just one of those where. You have the companies that make the goods, and then you have the companies that deliver those goods. And then if you want to argue that we don't deliver our goods through railroads or automobiles or airlines anymore, and we deliver them through computers and semiconductors, well, they're making new highs also. So. That's right. It's not as though the SMH is at a 52-week low. Right. Okay. Got it. All right. What are we doing next? Let's go. So this is what you were talking about, and it's less about, well, the last time that the Dow went up 13 days in a row and it was a full moon on a Wednesday, you know, on a pre-election year. Stop making fun of Ryan Dietrich right this minute. He's a, fr <laughs> he's a friend of the show. I'll not have it. Go ahead. Keep going. My point is it's less about data mining and more about when you see just a relentless bid, whether it's a rate of change, an expansion in new highs, just relentless buying. Yeah. That tends to not happen near the end of cycles, but near the early stages. So it's less about whether it was 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 or 10, and more about the fact that we're seeing these thrusts of relentless bids that tends to happen closer to the beginning than the end. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but can you explain to the audience or just affirm that an overwhelming amount of demand for stocks is not a bad thing, even though some people tend to think that that precedes a crash like... 
Yeah, I mean, there's a few things here. So we know mathematically, it's not like it's not like a guess. It's not like there's a random walk or like a, a you know the efficient market hypothesis. Like all of that has been proven. That none of that is right. Those were just theories. They were proven wrong. <laughs> we know for a fact that asset prices trend. Yes, we know. Yes, there's common sense. Like you could just see it in the charts. They go up for a while. They go down for a while. But you could also do the math, and you'll also see that yes, asset prices trend. It's volatility that mean reverts, right? The the problem with most investors is that they are betting that uh, asset prices are always mean reverting. And the technical analysis books do a great job of reiterating the mean reverting strategies and less the trend following strategies, which is one of the many reasons why investors are always looking for mean reversions when they should be betting on asset prices trending. And then on the volatility side, they do the opposite. They think high volatility is going to lead to higher volatility. Why do we do that? Oh, that's such a great point. We do that because of the gambler's fallacy. Yeah, it's backwards. We do that. It's a lot of reasons. We yeah. do that for the same. What, this is what built Las Vegas. People think the roulette wheel just was red eight times. It's got to be, it's got to be black either this time or the next. It's not going to be ten times that black. Yeah. And of course, every time you spin the wheel, the probability is fifty fifty. It what happened before is not. Inv okay, that was the key insight that uh, Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky had, like literally to set up these table games. Yep. Uh, and pick one. They're all based, everything's based on this gambler's fallacy of what goes up must come down, what was red must be black, even must be odd. Um, so we know the stock market doesn't work that way. But that point about volatility is the thing that mean reverts, meaning you get a year like 2019. I don't know if you remember this. I do. People were complaining <laughs> that there wasn't enough volatility for yeah. Wall Street to 17 make money. 17 also, 2017 also. 2017, maybe it was in 2017. That was like the worst complaint on Wall Street that year. Where's the volatility? The meme was how many straight days without a 1% move, remember? Yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. so all those dickheads got the volatility they wanted in 2018. Here you go. Plenty. Yeah. Two, 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 uh, two crashes inside of one year. Well, I think, I, think the, I think the answer is that there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to employ strategies that are good for low volatility environments, and there's times to employ strategies that are good for high volatility environments. We're not in a high volatility environment. So your high volatility strategies are going to suck. You know, you're, you, you know, <laughs> you want to sell puts, you're not going to get paid to sell puts. Man. One other thing on the relentless bid, you don't have to track, you don't have to track how many days the Dow is up. Just eye test your own stocks. Does it feel like a bear market? Like, just look, look at your own portfolio at, at uh, Robinhood or E-Trade or Goldman Sachs or wherever your stocks are, and you don't need the stats. You know. Well, I don't think it's that simple. Dif different people own different things, Josh. So if you're in a diversified portfolio and S&Ps have done what they've done, you're doing well. But if you're like loaded up in meme stocks or you're All loaded right. up I in- I think we could agree most investors own Apple. Most investors. I guess. Are we going to do this again? No, I all mean, right. Well, no. Here, here's what, Tracy, when, <laughs> when, I was on, when I was on with you and Strauss, we were talking about how it's like, I'm using air quotes, only the big stocks going up. But what happens is that in bull markets, the rest of the market tends to catch up. That's exactly what we saw over the last couple well, of weeks. Well, when we were last year, it was the big stocks that were not going up. They were the only ones no, not No, so when I was on up. with you and Strauss, like right. a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh recently. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. By the way, what, plug that show. What's it called? So we have the morning show. We do the morning show every day from 8.30 to 10 on Stock Market TV. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we're doing this stuff anyway. We're at our desk watching the open, you know, talking about what's moving, everything like that. So no, just we just record do it live. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, was recording? Yeah. Jesse, how important is, so I know we're going to get to all your charts and I don't want to be too short-termist here, but I'm looking at the RSP, which is the equator, the S&P. So RSP right now is engulfing the four previous days, meaning the high was higher than all of the, previous four days, 
And depending on where the close is, which is 30 minutes away. So that we'll is say, one big red candle. The red is lower than the lowest level of the previous. Yo, four that looks like a stick of dynamite. Of the previous four days. Yeah. So is this the type of thing that you're looking at? You're like, yeah, I'll wait. Listen, we're in a bull market, clearly. I'm not going to let one outside day say that it's over. The top is in. I'm asking you. I think the top could be in for some stocks. I would I, I would bet that it is for the year, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of stocks probably have peaked for the year, and a lot of stocks are nowhere near the peak. I think the back half of the year is going to be, I think, very bifurcated, where you can have a, a series of, of outcomes, one of which is you get such strong rotation into things like energy, materials, industrials, things that have much lower representation in the major indexes, while... The, major, the, the, the larger ones that actually have done so well in the first half of the year take a, might, take go, a break. might go sideways, maybe down a little, maybe a few yeah. of them go up. Some, good, and, it's enough. Well, whether, whether it's good or not, it depends on <laughs> what, what you own. But my point is we could see a situation where there are huge winners at the individual stock and sector level for that matter, and the indexes have a hard time going higher. Maybe they're a little higher, maybe they're a little lower, or... Or you get that rotation and the relative strength comes from all those areas, but the big ones don't get hit and they kind of just grind higher slowly, dragging the indexes up too. I think, I think the, the, the former is probably, uh, you know, more of a sideways grind, maybe down a little bit, but the huge winners underneath the surface, I think is, is what I'm betting on. I think on. it's gotten too easy and too automatic to buy the big seven. And anytime that I can remember where it's just become so obvious what to do. Yeah. That's it might not be the top forever, but it's usually a short term top. And I don't know how to quantify that because I probably could have said the same thing three weeks ago and they yeah. kept going. Jesse, up. wouldn't you say that this year is a complete reversal in terms of mega cap or different caps? In 2022, RSP kicked the shit out of SPY. That's right. And why don't we show that chart? And 20, all right, you know what? It's enough of me. Let's get to your chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah why don't we get to yeah, that let, chart? Let's go next. Yeah. Skim down, skim down a few charts. Uh, one more. That this was is it. the one. That was, oh, okay. Yeah. So I think this is a good one uh, because what it shows is the equally weighted S&P 500 relative to the market cap weighted in black. And then overlaid on that in blue is the value versus growth. So what, exactly what you're just saying, Badnick, this year, uh, all year, both of these lines, black and blue, have been declining, which means that growth has been outperforming. That right. says that blue line is going down. It's crazy how well they line up with each other. Because but what's in the market cap weighted yeah, S&P 500? It's all growth. It's all so growth. when people yeah. are like, well, JC, the the equally weighted S&P is not keeping up with the cap weighted. <laughs> it's not because of bad breath. It's because of sector rotation. It's not a breath story. Right. It's, a it's a rotation story. It's a growth story. versus value story. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So so last year, everything was working except for mega cap growth. Literally, everything was working. Yeah. And then this year, mega cap growth took over that leadership. So, and it was just a coincidence. It was kind of the first week of the year, which is why a lot of year-to-date charts are so obnoxious. It's because that's when the rotation happened. Dude, RSP, SPY, like peaked or bottom, depending on which which is on the numerator denominator, on January 11th. So it's been one it's been yep. one way all year. And you can see it. And yeah. then when you look at, well, JC, you know, the Dow's not keeping up with the NASDAQ. The S&P's not keeping up with the NASDAQ. It's he's, the same story. He's doing you. That's his impression <laughs> of you. No, I know it is. All right, keep going. It's a general you. Yeah. It's not necessarily The U's. The U's, U's. Yeah. No, hold on. Go back, go back, go back real quick. So you, you see how the Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P, NASDAQ ratios look exactly yes. like the ones above? It's a sector rotation thing. It has nothing to do with market breath. Yeah. Doesn't this look like, though, that it's about to go up, bounce off of yes. uh, an Support. extreme? Yes. It, both both of these. Agreed. Okay. Is that going to be important later? I think it's already important. Okay. Well, and also interest rates. 
right? Like you well, would that's th- the big question. We'll you get th- there. I mean, interest rates are ripping right now. So you would think that's indicative of support for these two charts. I agree. Look at you, Mr. Inner Market Guy. All right, all right, all right, all right. See you, dog. Someone's listening. I'm paying attention. Let's go, JC. Let's go. We'll go drink later. Um, all right, so these are the sector returns since the bull market started in June of last year. So we are now in month 14 of this bull market, led by consumer discretionaries on an equally weighted basis up almost 38% in this bull market. That's in- crazy. Industrials equally weighted up 35 and then technology number three at 33%. And when you look back at bull markets throughout history, there's been plenty. Um, you know what you're going to find early in those cycles? Early on in bull markets, the leaders are industrials, technology, and uh, and consumer. Probably and that's because that's where the upward earnings revisions are happening the fastest. That's definitely why. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> I saying. Don't know. Well, why, like, why would that be the case consistently over m- multiple cycles? There's got to be an explanation that makes sense. I know. I know you don't get paid for the explanation. Doesn't that what, sounds what good? That's that. why because the earnings revisions. Yeah. So every sector in the S&P on an equal weighted basis is positive what's, on the year. What's, is that real estate on the bottom? What's yeah. Our, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Even real estate. Even, and financials. Yeah. And then, so this is an equally weighted, go to the capital weighted just to show the other the other way. So in this case now, technology is up 45%, but half that's Microsoft and Apple. Uh, industrials actually still at number Monster. two. And industrials on a capital weighted basis, their sector index, no component is more than 4% of the sector. So it's a very diversified group up 30% in this bull market, then communications, discretionary, even financials up 18%. So this has just really been uh, a very, you know, when you think about what's a bull market, what's a bear market, like if you think that we've been in a bear market over the last year, you need to have your head examined. Look how perfectly this works out too. If the story for why the market is doing what it's doing is economic reacceleration, look at the stocks that are trailing REITs, Utilities, Use, staples, staples, yeah, it's a bull and market, it's bull market behavior, it's baby. Like liter- this is like literally what a textbook bull market looks like. Uh, this, this, in a pre-election year, like just when yep. it's supposed to go up, it's in the third happening. year of a bull market, like just everything. Right, don't, don't you besmirch Dietrich? He's he did great work. Dietrich's my boy. I know he did great work on the on the presidential cycle. The midterm, the midterm cycle shit. You know who? Else? You know who bullish. did it on our show? Yeah. Terra Nova did it on our on our show. Yeah, yeah. Last time he yeah. was here. He walked us through, you know, the, I mean, the, is widely accepted, but like why you want to focus on the presidential cycle and maybe it's lucky again, but all of that stuff came true. Perfectly. Not to get too sidetracked, but are the you most watching? bullish time is after the midterm years and literally the fourth quarter last year, S&Ps are up seven and a half percent. First quarter up another 7%. Second quarter up eight and a half percent, up another 3% this quarter. In bear markets, stocks don't go up every quarter. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it was, it was, it was actually a flawless thing to be focused on is getting through the midterms and uh, might have mattered more than the rate cycle, quite frankly. I, it was simultaneous, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. What Let's else we got? Going. All right. So this is when the market bottomed. People are like, well, JC, the, the S&P 500 bottomed in October. It's like, yeah, but by the time the S&P made its bottom in October, oh, there, this. there weren't any stocks left still going down. Everything had already bottomed, huh. right? Everything bottomed in Q2 of the year, right? Yeah. Look at this. You got, you got, uh, you really had the worst of the selling last April. Yeah. Okay. That actually, that makes sense to me. That lines up with my own, you know, my own memory of it. You had one more low in June and then things started getting better from there. And then by the time October kind of retested those lows, there weren't any stocks left making new lows. Right. 
So the index itself bottomed, but most stocks had bottomed months prior. Yeah, the index was being dragged by the big uh, by the big caps that were still dragging. Right. That's a great chart. Yeah. That's a great chart. Great yeah, chart. so I just want to remind everybody why we're using Joy. that June yeah. 16th anchor point. Like, we're not just randomly... Like, there's a reason why we're anchoring to that. All right, just, keep going. Just math, that's all. It's just math, no big deal. And then the catalyst, this was the catalyst all along. So it's not the Trump or the Powell or the earnings. <laughs> the Trump. Or, you know, the, the sequestration and the taper. Like, it's always something. Wait, it was what the was dollar. sequestration again? I forgot. The sequester, bro. What know. is that? I don't know. It was like the taper or something else. I, I mean, I'm know. sure I sold on the it. The debt but ceiling I just don't... is another one. <laughs> I honestly keep forget. I, I remember the, the term. Was that something with Congress? I, was that? I don't know. I don't know. I it's definitely, big, I definitely sold everything, but just in case. It's like one of those scary words where it's like, oh, that that sounds like a reason to sell. Sequestration. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to <laughs> sell my Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to get sequestered this Thursday. I'm going to cash. It sounds too much like castration. Yeah, sell yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, right. All right, fine. So what, this is so, a real thing. I swear. Sequestration refers to automatic spending cuts that occur through the withdrawal of funding for certain, but not all government programs. I'm, I'm sure I talked about it on TV. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So, but what matters? This dollar reversal was a big deal. It turns out in hindsight you know look at all that huge uptrend in the united states dollar, dollar wait so the dollar and stocks have been uh negatively correlated very strongly like so. very strong well, the dollar killed stocks in 2022 or what stocks were coming off was money going into the dollar as a safe haven okay i don't know yeah chicken or the egg who gives a shit right, right? that's how right. i look at it so anyway so at the end of september the uh euro bottoms on september the 26th uh, excuse me the pound bottomed on September the 26th. The euro bottomed two days later on the 28th. Um, and the dollar just came tumbling down. And now we're breaking down. So what's the catalyst that takes stocks higher? I think it's the U.S. dollar rolling over here. It's not the U.S. dollar rolling over that the market wants. I think it's a need. I think if we're going to have a strong mm. back half to the year, it has to come with a weaker dollar, especially if those leaders are going to be the more value-oriented or maybe more commodity-based stocks that a weaker dollar may be emerging markets. Like for us to get that, I think you need a weaker dollar. If you have a strong dollar in the back half of the year, I think stocks are going to be a mess. So, isn't this all the same thing? We're saying the same thing because the dollar would be strong if interest rates are rising because money is going into a safe haven. Don't worry about interest rates. Two different things. Well, not, not oh, no, they're correlated. A few, a few of the companies that reported. They are when they want to be. Okay. A few of the companies that reported this week, I think including Meta, mentioned Forex as a positive, as a as a tailwind versus a headwind, which it was last year. It's just that the dollar's the only safe haven. Right. But, so that's where the bond market is no longer that. The bond market is not a safe haven. But when Quite, companies, it was worse than stocks. When companies there. like beat their earnings by 16 cents, like large multinational companies that are doing like half their revenue overseas. And then they still, like last year, there were a lot of misses because, or, or, uh, guide downs or whatever. And one of the more frequently cited things besides inflation, uh, and labor costs was, was, uh, was currency. And then that reverses itself and it, and it almost acts as a double benefit. The stock's going up because the dollar's going down. And then the company comes out and beats their numbers yeah. Oh, yeah. because they got that tailwind from the exchange rate. Go so it's actually, uh, it's like a here. double bonus. So what if it's not, what if it's like this though? What if this is just a failed breakdown and now we squeeze? Well, dollar's ripping today. In this environment, if the dollar index is above 101 and a half, I think that puts pressure on, on stocks. I think the stocks in general are probably going to have a tough time if the dollar index is above that 101 and a half. Yeah, it my puts man. it back above support. 101.80. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Now let's see it stick. Yeah. Let's see it stick the landing. Yeah. And if it does, but stocks if you are probably not But if doing you well. don't think interest rates, if you don't think interest rate differentials between the US and Euro, for example- are responsible for the dollar 
having a false breakdown or whatever, then what do you think? Then what? Then what is it? Demand if, for safe haven assets? Yes. Isn't the euro a safe haven asset also? Isn't the yen? No. Quite the yen, yeah. is, the the yen, yen is, used to be. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, think used, about what happened last year. The yen was making new 20-year lows. The stocks okay, are getting well, hammered. fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> what I'm saying. You so, know. so then, okay, so demand for something safe still fuels the dollar more so than There's an been interest no, rate differential. The only other thing that I've noticed, that, like in terms of safe havens, like obviously you see it in credit spreads, but consumer stables and low volatility stocks on a relative basis have also served that. So you'll see low volatility and consumer stables outperform when stocks are under pressure in the same way that you'll see the dollar doing well when stocks are under pressure. And then you'll see treasury bonds outperforming junk bonds in that environment too. Like those are, that's what is still a safe haven. It wasn't the yen. It wasn't bonds right. on an absolute basis. So the you classic, can't trust classic, them. classic, classic risk. We have a staples. Still- do we have a staples discretionary chart coming up later? We don't, but discretionaries have been doing their thing. But if you start to see staples outperforming discretionaries, which we maybe you started to see that this week, but if you start to see that, that's very similar to me. That that, that should come with dollar strength and stocks in general under pressure. If you want to go to the next chart, just to kind of put things in perspective, this was the high. Remember those magazine covers? Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop on the dollar. Barons with the muscle man, George Washington. We were laughing at that in real time. We were laughing at that in real time. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes it's pretty clear. Go to the the next chart just so you can see the last time that it did this. The Economist did the same thing. And look how well stocks did in 2017. We were just talking about that. One of the least volatile years ever. It's safe to say anytime a magazine has George Washington's shirt off and his pecs out, like – it's probably not going to last much longer. It's the old GW Reuter indicator. Uh, I believe Ben Graham used to write about that. No. Okay. What? And remember, FTX literally created a way to buy the dollar through DeFi a week after the dollar had already peaked. Yeah. When FTX jumped in, that 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 might have been a nice indicator. That was also. literally that was literally the top. So just kind of remind everybody, put things in perspective. So look at Latin America making new 52-week highs. Brazil, Ooh. new year-to-date highs. So you're seeing rotation into EWZ, those emerging markets. EWZ is MSCI Brazil. There's like a lot of there's like a lot of banks and commodities in this thing still. Dude, the U.S. is four percent energy in the S&P 500 and Brazil EWC, EWZ is 17%. Yeah. Materials is like 20 something Tele- percent. Tele- telecom is big in here. And financials, big weighting in financials too. Right. Okay. Yeah. No tech, zero tech. Um, Chinese internet also. Shout out to K-Web. Shout out to K-Web. So this is the IPO low. So this goes back 10 years for you uh, youngsters out there. I remember the IPO well when, or not the IPO, whenever they issued. The listed. launch of the fund. Yeah, yeah. The listing. The, the listing. listing. Uh, so 26 is that low. So if we're above 26, I think you can own Chinese internet all day. Take a look at the components. Those are interesting. And and there's already stuff in emerging markets working. Nicole, if you want to go to uh, India, making new all-time highs. Can we talk about this? Yeah. All right, let's pause on this. We talked, Michael and I talked about this the other day. This is the Nifty 50, which is the 50 biggest stocks in India, give or take. Okay. Okay. Uh, but then if you look at the other India-related ETFs, which we did, there's one that's, like, focused on consumers. There's, like, one that is a bigger section of, selection of stocks and not as concentrated. But they all look the same. This is, like, a, I feel like has the potential to become a really big trade. I mean, has already been for a decade. Do you know how small these ETFs are? Yeah. There's, like, no money in them. Yeah. This is not something that American investors you know, are focused on. You know, because there's, there's, there's something – this is something that Mark Dow out in California talks about a lot, which is the – the correlation among asset managers, well, they'll bucket emerging markets together in one bucket, even though India and Brazil 
couldn't be more different in yeah. terms of their composition of their economy. Because they don't know better. They know that they're developing economies, and it's like close enough. So you'll, you'll get that correlation. But look at India. Look at Bank Nifty. I was told that we were in a banking crisis, and I see the Nifty Bank Index. Nicole, you want to go to the Nifty Bank Index? Making new all-time highs. Look at this shit. All right. All right. So these banks, nobody's ever heard of these in, in the United States, but these are very big these, banks. These, these banks are not lending to, to uh, Silicon Valley startups. Yeah, but they're regional banks in Mumbai. So why don't you go to the next chart? Um, so here's HDFC Bank. That's a great-looking chart. Yeah, nice. Wow. $172 billion HDB. regional bank. Michael's a huge Indian food guy also. I don't know if you know that. Love Indian food. He likes food. Uh, the chicken. I had... Shut up, asshole. <laughs> Is I like the chicken? What's wrong with the chicken? No, no. Shout no, out to our Indian the... viewers. We have lots of Indian viewers. I love I Indian food. No, viewers. I said, what, what's your favorite Indian dish? And he goes, the chicken. I thought it was really fun. And what's your favorite to, Indian dessert? Do they love their dessert? The rasmalai? How, how much time have you spent in India? You, you've spent quite a bit. Yeah, okay. yeah, I've been there three, four times. You have a big fan base there, too. It's it's been it's been fun. Yeah. I've never okay. had an Indian dessert, dude. Rasmalai, it's like rasmalai is like if um, if like a cheesecake met tres leches in India. Mm. What do you mean? It's like a cheesecake. I don't know what the like leches, leches are, but I like you don't cheesecake. know tres leches. Nah. You know tres leches. Yeah, you got. It's like a milky cake. Yeah, and then like, but it's more like cheesecakey. Mm. But in India. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring it? Did you bring a chart of this or? A so I show up in India and I'm tweeting about how much I love Rasmalai. I had I showed up at a conference and like five or six different people brought me Rasmalai from like their oh, town. Amazing. It's like New Yorkers and pizza. It's like oh, oh I got the that's best. That's like their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so these stocks are going up though. Above seventy one. I like it long. I think it's got 35, 40 percent upside. H ticker HDB. This is HDFC Bank. Yep. A huge company. One hundred seventy billion dollars. Yeah. It's like the JP Morgan of India. Would you say? Ish. Actually, yes. Okay. That's, All right. That is, I couldn't have said it better. When these things break, these things tend to trend. I've I've found emerging markets. Look at the next one. Next one looks even better. ICICI Bank. Once they go, they like can go for a while is my point. Okay. Look, monster. Ticker oh, IBN. Great looking. Yeah. Great yeah, you would buy, if this was an American, if this was an American stock, almost anybody that sees this would say, I'm getting long right well, here. Well, funny you should say that because I actually got an American stock that looks just like it. Um, if you want to go to the next one, Nicole. And that's a CVOE. Oh, look at this. This is a fat pitch. Pitch. P-I-T-C-H. Uh, so CBOE is basically trading futures options. Like, that's the that's the business. It's an exchange. Are you asking me? No, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an exchange. That's the business. I believe you. Okay. Uh, it's only a $15 billion market cap. I know. It's super small, right? Yeah. I would have uh, thought it would be bigger, right? CME must be bigger. Yeah. I feel like CME is bigger. Uh-huh. Okay, this looks this looks. I mean, you want to talk about a big, you know, the bigger. I was just talking to Luis Yamada. I got, I love Luis Yamada. She's the best, dude. Have you had her on the show? No. What's the matter with you guys? I don't know we should. She like. lives right there. She's on Park Avenue and like 90th Street. Barry's had her on. Dude, you guys I, have to have Luis Yamada. On. We would have a very different conversation than than Barry had with her. You guys will have a way better conversation. Okay. Uh, uh, Barry, I remember that. Barry did a good job. Barry's a good interviewer. We bust his balls, but he's good. He's good. All right, all right. Um, he's hit, very. Way, Barry's very fascinated. <laughs> the guests tend to fascinate him, and you know that because he tells them it's fascinating like seven, eight times a show. <laughs> but it's nice. All right, let's go. Uh, big base. If we're above, hold on, above a 140, that's the trade. If we're making new all-time highs, you got to own it. Target up near 180. And then you can see financials here. This is the XLF. This is the next one. So this is the, the, the remember, we talked about it on this show that we got to stick the 07 highs, the highs before the great financial crisis. If <sighs> we're above again. that. Mike doesn't believe in this. Nobody okay, cares. fine. Well, if you did, you'd own financials <laughs> right now. 
Mike doesn't think that there's market memory in prices from 2007. I I, I, I I don't, and I won't have it. Actually, JCS, on my financials today, both of them. All right, good for you. Thank you. Um, Listen, I— So he's already fading you. You didn't even get here yet. He started fading it. Everything's all time horizons, right? I walk into Mike's office. He's got a one-minute S&P candle chart. Stop (laughs) it. What are you— What is it? Remember? You remember that? Back in the day, I did. I really did. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? (laughs) One-minute candles is amazing. What are you doing? You're not even a day trader. Like, why are you looking at a one-minute candle? You got to know. You got to know what's up. No, you don't. Dude, back in the day, I used to screenshot Yahoo Finance charts and text them to you and be like, buy or sell. You'd be like, dude, I can't look at this and tell you anything. It'd be like a purple line chart. That's right. Right. So anyway. You step over your chart game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I just, I send it to Sean now. Say, Sean, make this chart for me. All right. Financials. All right. What else? What happens here? What happens? Can I? What happens if it wasn't a crisis after all and just a buying opportunity? Financial. This is all right. So this is the XLF priced in XLK financials versus technology. Yeah. What if we get back above those 2020 lows? So is, this is a scenario where like Apple, Microsoft, take a breather, JP Morgan, City, Wells Fargo, keep going. Berkshire. Berkshire. Just a question. So I look at this chart and I say, yeah, maybe. Like, do you have conviction in this or is this like a, just like a fun chart to look well, at? Well, I own, I own one bank stock, Okay. right? Um, and I would probably own more if we're above that. Yeah. But this is like more like a toss up. Like this is not a, this is not a slam dunk. I mean, it's a nice chart. Well, at the end of the day, nothing I bring no, here is I a slam know, dunk. I know. We're just thinking about but like some what the world probabilistically, is like. some look better than others. You I wouldn't think, you wouldn't trade a ratio chart though anyway. I personally don't have to do that. Like if I had like a, a delta neutral mandate of some kind, then maybe, but like I Yeah. I could just YOLO whatever. I could do anything I want, right? Right. But yeah. I'm saying you're not you're not looking at something that, like this and being like, okay, I'm getting short technology and low in the banks. This is just well, giving you I'll context you what, for what I own no happening. technology stocks and I own one bank stock. So indirectly, I do have this ratio on. If I am not long technology, I'm almost short, right? Right. And I don't own any technology stocks. So I kind of indirectly do have this ratio on. Bro, if you're 10% technology, you're basically short, right? Yeah. given what the, That's right. the market cap weighting That's is. That's right. Right. Okay. So kind of. Yeah. All right. Let's go. European banks, new for the two-week highs, bro. What crisis? Yeah, that's something. That's Are you wild. kidding me? European banks, new 52-week highs? Come on. They're saying like Greece is having like the best economic year it's ever Greece had. is making new five-year highs. You see that G-R-E-K ETF? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Because t- tur- it's a tourism economy. Oh, it's my banks. God. This yeah, dude, look G-R-E-K, at that. what in the that world? Thing looks, that thing looks like a... Uh, Look, looks like a social media stock from 10 years so ago. So last night I, I took a flight home from the Bahamas and it was like half empty. I'm like, wow, uh-oh. Is this a little little anecdata? Change in character. Change in character. So uh, it's like coming into the hurricane season in Bahamas. So maybe that's why. When we landed at JFK at 10 o'clock at night, it looked like Times Square. <laughs> I was like, I said to Rob, I was like, okay, I guess, uh, I think, guess everything's fine. I guess it was the Bahamas story. So it t- looked like Times Square so at my, 10 o'clock at night. My daughter was in Greece for the summer. Nice. We picked her up at... We picked her up at Newark Airport yesterday, and the whole plane is teenagers. It's just like like all these tours and schools and whoever sent kids to Greece, they all arrived on the same flight from Athens. They were in like Mykonos and then Athens and like I'm like how I've never been to Greece. I'm like how was it? Was it amazing? And she's like, oh god, dad, can I just have like a minute? <laughs> I just got off the plane. I have sun poisoning. My sinuses are flaring up. Like I don't feel well. I'm like, okay, honey. I just hope you had like a like a mor- like a moron. I am. Like I just hope you had fun. She's like, fine. It was fine. Okay. 
Good to see you. You know, so anyway. Kenny Glick is in Greece right now. Is he? I just spoke to him. He was in Crete, and I just got to Athens. Yeah. I, Legend. I've never, I've never been. Legend. Legend. Le- legend, that legend. All right. Keep it moving. New 52 Week High is European Bank. So when you look at the components. Uh, sorry, we're not doing this one. Next. Hold on. What is your beef with? <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. What is the problem with a $70 billion Swiss insurer that's put, making new all-time highs? Is this beneath your line? It's below, below, <laughs> below my line. Is it below, below your line? Is it beneath you? No, I'm, I'm looking out for the audience. Nobody cares about Zervi. All right. Uh, clearly people do because it's worth $70 billion, <laughs> American dollars, and it's making new all-time highs or close to it. What anyway, a, what, this is one what of the- What industry? Is this in money laundering? What's, I hope so. If that's okay. what they need to do, I don't really care. It's not my problem. Okay. So this is the second largest component of the uh, European financials index. Is it really? Yeah. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah, because people care. You might not care. <laughs> this is like bigger than UBS. Actually, funny you should ask. Next. Ooh. By two billion. <laughs> wow. So you see the difference? Look, this is what people don't give a fuck about, Batnick. And they yeah. show the other one. Uh, this is the one that they do, do you, care about. Do you see what Can happens? You show? To, do you see what happens, Larry? Can you show those? No, no, no. There you go. This is what they care about. They don't care about the UBS. Can you go back to the UBS? UBS is going to spend the next two years digesting this Credit Suisse acquisition. That stock's going nowhere. I think we break out soon, actually. Look yeah. at this. How many times are we going to test this level? No. Nah. Another. All right. Well, one I guess more. we'll see. Yeah. One more. All right. Next. So this is the one I own. I've, I've been in the HSBC. You know, when, when they were still lying to you about banking crises, this one was already making new 52-week highs. So it was one of those, like, how is this making new 52-week highs? And then I got the people on magazines and television telling me that it's a banking crisis. Uh, JC, credit to you. You were all over this. You were, too. You yeah. were the one who brought it up. Oh, uh, hell yeah. yeah. Me, too. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Why don't you guys hug each other or something? What'd you do about it, though? No, I do remember looking at Credit Suisse and be like, I thought these p- stocks were going to zero. They nope. weren't. They're going up. Yeah. yeah, Credit Suisse did. Yeah. HSBC uh, looks good. New 52 week That's highs. true. I should have mentioned that Credit Suisse did. Yeah, new 52 week highs. So anyway, this is the one I own. I still like it. If we're above all those former highs, like kind of like CBOE, right? If we're above that, if we're breaking out, like wh- why not own it? So it's working. You want to keep going there? And then after the best start to the NASDAQ ever, best first six months in the history of the NASDAQ, Sell-side analysts respond with the most bearish second-half outlook of all time. Dude, this is the third week in a row this chart has come up on the show. It's such a good chart. It's a great chart. Yeah. It's Wall Street strategists stick to cautious equity view. Their S&P 500 target points to most bearish second-half outlook on record. Like ever. Back to, this back to 1999. They have never had this low of an outlook for the They'd S&P. They'd rather the lose half. money and lose money for their huge clients than to admit that they're wrong because they're – you know, cozy little lifestyle well, we and, say, you know, job is more we sh- important. We should say it's possible they'll be right. It's ju- it's July 27th. Yeah, somebody testified on Congress that there's aliens here. So, yeah. I, no, no, We saw oil I'm trading below zero. I think it's end, possible. By your end, it's possible. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, okay. There was a great headline from Bloomberg this week from John Authors and Isabella. After a misjudged first half, strategists face a short squeeze. And I never really heard it put that way. But all the revisions are, are going, like they showed their January price target and their July price target. And they're all, not all, most of them are higher. Do we have this chart, yeah. please? So like, for example, Bank of America as of January was 4,000. Now it's 4,300. But even still just eyeballing these, the only one who's like meaningfully above where we are right now is, oh, it's Funstrat. You know, the- <laughs> Everybody um, else is like below where we are right you now. You know, the, the, the key indicator here is the earnings revisions. Um, and you aggregate all the earnings revisions and you see 
such a beautiful lagging indicator over price. So you see price of the S&P 500 and then the earnings revisions drag. And then the exact opposite. You see prices start falling and then earnings revisions keep getting downgraded. Like in aggregate, you yeah. really see that. It's like, remember the Sonic the Hedgehog and then it'll get chased around by that little dog thing, remember? Tails. It's, it's like yeah. that. Uh, with Dude, Southside. It's, it's, that's such a great point that you make because we know for a fact that price moves ahead of earnings and anticipates it. And price is really discounting what tends to happen, not always, but most of the time the market gets it right. Yeah. Tom Tom Lee was explaining in that clip we played how most strategists are becoming bearish because they're talking to their buy side clients. They're talking to the asset managers who are maybe chasing. Throw throw the next chart. You'll uh, see. This is what this is what their clients are doing, to your point, Josh. Let's see. Okay. This is their clients. Right. Overweight cash. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Overweight healthcare, EM equities. And underweight equities. Alternatives, which is another way to be bearish, staples. <laughs> Jesse, we were just talking about this. And that way underweight equities. There's a divergence between individual investors and uh, institutional investors. Individual investors are bullish as they should be. Market's going up. Uh, what do you make of this divergence? Well, they're more volatile. They react sooner, the individuals. They're, there's more churn. These take a long time to position. You know, these are much bigger institutions. So you tend to see more whippy action out of like an AAII poll or something you know, like that. You know what else though? Also, also forget, remember, you need bulls in bull market to like, you need bulls in, to buy stocks in bull markets to have bull markets. Right? You know what else is interesting? Like people, if this were like two years ago, people would be like, yeah, of course they're bullish. What else are they going to do with their money? There is an alternative now and we're still in a rampaging bull market. Like you could, or what else are they going to do with their money? How about 6%? In, in, in T-bills. Right, but just think about that. When it became such a no-brainer to get 6% in T-bills, ended up being the worst decision you could have made, right? Yeah, it just- Think it, about it. When it was such a no-brainer, you could have done literally anything else would, and made You so just picture the mindset, somebody would be like, why would I take risk when I could just earn, I guess in January it was 4%. Why would I take risk when I could just earn 4% risk-free in, in T-bills? And that's not wrong, but oh, this is why. Because <laughs> you missed a 45% move in tech. This is why you would take risk. That's right. It's a very good point. Okay, yeah. next. Uh, and then JP Morgan's poll, same thing, right? Yeah. Are you more likely to increase or decrease equity exposure over the coming days, weeks? 17% are planning to increase equity exposure. Which is as low as it's been. In which is year. never, okay. So, you know, the, needless to say, there's a lot of uh, dry powder, uh, as they say, uh, to add to equity. So I think that, you know, it, it, it's not that, earn, contrary to popular belief, it's not earnings that drive prices. It's not the economy. It's, no, it is. It's positioning. Oh, well, it depends on the time frame. It's positioning that do drives these prices. People In the buy, short term, But yes. do these people buy the dip or do they look at a dip and say, you see, we were right? I don't um, know the answer. They they got to chase it higher. I agree with Jason. Unless there's a meaningful pullback. I'm not saying like 5%. Unless there's like a mean, they're, they, they're, they're going to have to chase. If the market is up 14% at the end of October, tough shit, buy. I mean, you can have a stealth correction underneath the surface in the back half of the year where a lot of stocks correct. The indexes might trade sideways or churn and you have huge winners underneath the surface. That could very well be what we have. Be very normal. Very normal. Yeah. Okay, right. next. Let's make, let's make some money. So this is, you know, if small caps were ever going to start to outperform, this would be a perfectly logical place for them to do so. It's where it started in 2020. This is exactly uh, where the ratio between small caps and large caps bottomed out. Looks a little bit like XLK, XLF. But more, a little bit, to me, this is more, this is a little bit cleaner, a little bit more convincing. All right. A little bit. Okay. It's a lot of industrials, a lot of banks in the small Materials, cap. Materials, energy, yeah. you know, healthcare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. And then zoom out on small caps. Does that look like a bad chart to you? 
<laughs> you like this? All right, so you like this pullback to stair you know, step higher? Credit to you. Sometimes you just got to zoom out. No, right? Like is, I am guilty. Though. This is twenty. This is twenty-five years. I'm guilty of of being a daily chart guy, but sometimes I mean, this just tells a much different story. Whenever in doubt, zoom out. I, you know, one of the beauty uh, of technical analysis is our ability to look at markets using multiple time frames, and to start with oh, longer term perspective and to work our way down. This consolidation in small caps is dates back to 2017. Yeah, I wouldn't put it that what? way. What do you mean? The former resistance? No, it's been consolidated for a couple, Those are 2018 for a couple of months. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. been a, it's been above, it's been lower, right, but right, it looks like right. since 17, it's like a wash. Okay. Yeah, right. former resistance turned into support. Yeah, pretty normal. Yep. Yep. Industrials all time highs. No sector. Uh, excuse me. No stock in this sector index is more than four percent of yeah. the index. Is that right? So it's broad. Okay. Super broad. Yeah. There's so industrials captures so many areas of the economy. You have any favorites? Yeah. Next chart. I like Caterpillar too. This is such an easy one to understand yeah. and pull the trigger on. Well, maybe now, but we were buying it at one seventy because we were essentially reverse engineering the bull market and essentially saying if this is a bull market. That means that we have to get rotation into industrials. That means Caterpillar can't be breaking out of breaking below the 2018 yeah. highs. That would not be a bull market. This would be the time to buy if it is a bull market. And sure enough, it's worked out really well. So I think this gets up to, you know, 320, 340. Every industrial I can think of is at an all-time high or 52-week high at least. Like all the big ones in my head that I, I run through. Honeywell. Like, Honeywell just had a nasty I mean, day today. Yeah, maybe today, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, generally speaking. Yeah. How, how about Boeing? Boeing had a beautiful base. Boeing, oh, yeah. Yep, aerospace and defense in general. And then here's a really interesting one. Uh, SoftBank just bought half a billion worth of this one. <laughs> it's a $10 billion. <laughs> uh, this is a specialty industrial machinery company, Sym which, which— Symbotic, S-Y-M is the ticker. Yeah, but this doesn't mean anything. Specialty industrial machinery, really what it is, it's like a software. It's like a, you know, like they— uh, it, 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 it's technically industrials, but it's like in the technology, robotics of industrial warehousing or something like that. I'm not going to pretend it's, to know. It's automation and warehouses. Half a billion from SoftBank, though. Raise the roof. All right, what else we got? So hold on. So hold on. If we're, oh. so if, if we're above 41, which right now we're around those levels, below 40, it's going to be messy. But above 41, really interesting. And this is a SPAC that doesn't suck. Yeah, there aren't a lot of those. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so then this is what I'm looking at. So this is one of the things I was talking about over lunch today. You know, oh, uh, when, when you look at the fund manager survey, commodities have just been left for dead, right? The investors, fund managers are, mo are the most bearish commodities since crude oil was trading below zero several years back. And when you look at a ratio of inflation-protected treasuries relative to nominal, so in other words, what the bond market is pricing in for inflation, right. just overlay crude oil over that. They look so exactly the same. This is tips priced in nominal treasuries. I what is IEF seven to ten year? Yeah. Okay, and you're juxtaposing that with crude oil futures, and they look like perfectly aligned. These two charts. Okay. Yeah, I think investors are bleeding commodities for dead. I think people think that inflation is not a problem anymore, and you were starting to see this tick up a little bit. I think it's worth paying attention. Crude to. at eighty, and the Biden administration has already said they plan to start refilling. Uh, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. They haven't put a, a barrel back into it. It's at a 40-year low. And where is this? Is this in the Bronx? They keep it in the Bronx. That's right. Uh, it's right below <laughs> It's right below Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Um, no, but that, I mean, for me, like the big surprise would be an oil breakout in the second half of the year that like 
not a lot of people are even thinking about. Right. That would be those stocks have sucked all year. Yep. Energy stocks. That would be a really interesting outcome for the second half. And think about the. the there's only four percent of the S&P 500 is energy. 0% of the NASDAQ 100 is energy. Yeah. So if they're leaders, they're not going to make a dent in the overall indexes. It would be a value comeback. It would be, it's a lot of small cap energy stocks. Yeah. It would, right. It, yep. would, it would check a lot of boxes uh, for, for a reversal. Yep. Okay. For sure. So here's oil. So look at those 2018 highs, that former resistance turned into support, as clean as it gets. If we're above the mid-70s uh, in That's oil, good. I think you got to own it. I think you got to be long energy. If, if oil's above 75, not to mention oil got cut in half and energy stocks have hung in there really well. That's right. That's right. Because they didn't believe it was permanent. Uh, where do you think crude can get back to? Um, I mean, I think the definitely old, the 22 one, highs, 130 and head up to 250 potentially. But you need like, whoa, 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 250? Yeah. Why huh? not? I mean, I don't know why. Why not? <laughs> okay. If crude gets, if crude gets anywhere dude, near that, dude. you're going to see these stocks double all of them. You're going to see them double if in size in the index. To, if crude First of all, they'll double, they'll double a crude at a hundred. Things are not, yeah. things are not doing so well over here. If the crude is at 250. Maybe. You got an oil stock for us? And I'm not necessarily saying that crude oil is going to get to 250, but as investors, if we're not thinking that that's on the table, I think it's being irresponsible. Okay. Again, I don't know what oil is going to Oil can go to zero. I have no idea. But <laughs> to just take 250 off the table, I think it's foolish. I think we need to think that that's on the table. What was the 08 high? Was it 180? 150, 148, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so energy hasn't even broken out yet. This is the energy sector index still stuck yeah. below the 08 highs. So we haven't even broken out yet. So if we're talking about like, you know, this actually breaking out and you got the XLE in the 200s, where do you think oil is? So look at look at some stocks. I like the, uh, I'm long Chevron. Uh, there it is. So Chevron, I'm long against 150. Yeah, clean, if, if, clean. If, if it's clean. Below 150, then forget it. But above 150, I like it long. Did you do it like on a weekly closing basis or immediately? Well, I'm already in it. Um, well, that's a good question. How, so when you say below that, 150, yeah. you don't want to be in it. But how do you like... Can it go down below 150 for 10 minutes? Everybody's different, right? So if you're a day I mean, trader. No, you though. Yeah. yeah, me personally. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm in the calls. Like I own options, so I already have risk management built in. On the common side, yeah, 150. I think a weekly close makes sense. A daily close can make sense. It depends on who you are. Everybody's different. There's no like right or wrong way to do it. We all have different objectives, time horizons, risk parameters. Like, are you trying to make money? Like, oh, JC, what do you think of Apple? It's like, like, like in the next 10 minutes, in the next like week, a year. Like, If it was 143 on a Wednesday, would you probably close it out? If it was 143 on a Wednesday, I would not be in it at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no way. Okay. Zero chance. Go back to the other one because I want to show so the ratio. It, when it falls to 143, that's when I'm like, yeah, but there's a dividend. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when I start. Gross. That's when I start reading the 8K. All right. What, what, Wait, who else wants this thing? What? She, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Vanguard's here. No, that's it's when okay. I'm on. Buffett owns it. Oh, how bad could it be? I'm on fucking whale wisdom, and I'm, right. and I'm looking to see if are there other oh, smart shit. hedge fund managers. Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street own it. Wait, but I, I don't mean, even. I don't even know a lot of these hedge fund managers. So I'm like, oh, uh, Feldman, yeah. probably Jewish. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's long. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, this this is not risk management. I'm just joking, by the way. Uh, but people really do live that way. No, I know. I know we know them. We yeah. know them in real life. We've been there. We've been there. Hello. We've been there. Still do. Think it's got a shot? <laughs> yeah, that is a shot. Yeah. What? What are you laughing at? No. Wait, what are we looking at for the audience? So this is energy spring. Energy relative to tech. In the same way that we looked at uh, financials relative to tech, how about energy relative to tech? I like the this only, better. The only thing people would quibble with because this isn't is crashing. They would say 
what's this gray line? You're just putting it there because that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I mean, that's what people would say. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would say. You could say whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I put it there. <laughs> no, but if people wanted an explanation, why is the gray line that you were saying is support? Why'd you draw it there? Well, that was support in 22, and it was support this year. And if we break, I mean, listen, it's a range. Right, it's right. not like an exact 100%, ruler. So it's kind of, of like, is that perfectly right. drawn? No. Probably not. And, you look know? How, and look how thick you've drawn it. So yeah, super I should have drawn it thicker, actually. <laughs> you want to think of it like a mattress. Should be the whole chart. You okay. know? <laughs> It's a lot of support uh, between the bottom and the top. Can't okay. it get going? So anyway, right. something to think about. Flip a couple of charts there. We saw Chevron already. What about what about? Whoa, uh, what is this? Your, this is uranium. Throw this out. We're not doing this. Listen, if you if you have enough Canadian uranium exposure in your portfolio, then that's for you. But for those, I who wish you do could not, show a fifty-year chart of this. It's all. It's always. It's always a, a rug pull. I'm just saying, if it's above twenty-five, <laughs> I like it long. Never ever build a, another uranium-powered. Uh, uh, electricity plant in this country. Dude, ever. he's just saying. I know. It's a I don't fail. care. It's a fail. Instant <laughs> fail. All right. Now it's like showing me cannabis stocks. Okay, hold on, but go back real quick it's because like I want to be want clear. Me to lose money. I want to be clear. If we're if it's above twenty five, I don't care what Josh it's just above said. Above twenty five, everyone involved in is smoking crack. Okay. If it's above twenty, if it's below twenty five, you're smoking crack. Above twenty five, I think you're smoking crack if you're not long. Got it. Okay. Well, more for you then. More for you then. I don't want any. What about speaking of smoking crack? <laughs> Bitcoin, Ethereum. That's a no. It's There's nothing to say sideways. about this. They've been ripping all year. Can you think of a better performing asset in 2023? <sighs> They've been ripping because they all they went down by two thirds. Uh, okay, I tech stocks didn't. I will get interested again the next time there's movement on the ETF. And until then, I have no interest at all. Honestly. Okay. Well, fortunately, I don't care what you're no, no, interested. No, no. You know. I know. I know. I'm saying me personally, if there's movement on the ETF front, I pay attention. Until the then. I can't. The All price right. of Bitcoin ETH has been pretty boring over the last couple of weeks. Just Are you not? up, down, up, It just down, broke up, down. down, actually. Yeah. Why don't we take a look at that? It's funny thing. A funny thing just happened. So just to give you some perspective. That's a breakdown? Settle down. <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> Relax your soul for two seconds and let me set the stage. Relax your soul. Coming in your. Okay. Coming in your. <laughs> look at the support in 21. In the summer of 21, early 21, then we got the breakdown last year. Yes? Yes. We came all the way back there this spring and failed. Yes? Yes. We just came back here these boring weeks that Batnick is talking about, and we failed again. Yes? Yes. Okay, no. now, now zoom in, Nicole. Uh, no, I don't know. I reject that premise. Do you zoom have, in. Do you have one-minute candles of this? Yeah. No. no. It's too early to say that we rejected. I'm no, sorry. No, down. Four-hour four candles. Down. Down. <laughs> there it is. Too boring for you? Breakdown? Breaking down to new 30-day lows? Is that boring for you? It's not a breakdown. I, I mean, feel like this could we could reverse in an hour yeah, on a Saturday right. afternoon. Ah, funny you should ask. Next chart. He <laughs> <laughs> held the lows. Oh, oh All right. Next. I don't understand what your problem Dude, is with these charts. He's like the no, guy, he's no, like, pro no problem with the charts. The, it's the asset class. I wish I had a gong. I would gong these First of all, you charts. trade way shittier shit. Oh, for sure. Bitcoin's like 400 billion. Ethereum's like 200 billion. You yeah. trade like... I don't even want to know what you're putting on. If you believe those market cap figures. You think it's like a lie? The guy they just arrested, Mashinsky, he said like the whole thing's leveraged. Nobody actually owns any of this shit. Okay. So, well, in that case. Oh, the, the, the criminal said it. Must be yeah, criminal, it must be true. <laughs> All right. So do we have to give the profits back or no? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Good. No, the profits you get to keep. All right. Wow. Look at this piece of shit. Fortunately, that's all I'm interested in. Marathon Digital. This All is right. a 
block, uh, crypto miner. Yeah, this piece of shit's only up 800% this year. So, and if, yeah. crude goes to, and if crude goes Can't to 250, argue. this miner will rip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking out a mortgage in my house to buy out of the money options on this one. Yeah. If it breaks out above 20, I'm back in. This was this was one of the best trades I put on in my entire life, as a matter of fact. Where did you where did you get you got loans? We all uh, we the bought year? the 14 calls, January 14 calls when it was like a 12, and it got six points in the money. So wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, off she goes. Um, so we want to go to the next one. So Coinbase, same thing. Monster this thing move. was a monster trade, and I was going at Straza over this. Yeah. And I think it was like 40. Josh goes, I think it's going yep. to zero. No, I think something. I said I dare you to buy it. And yeah. he, and I hope he did. Well, no, uh, I think he sold it. No, he's he buys that a lot. He buys this a lot. Oh, he buys and sells it. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. They were on the plane on the way to Singapore, and he's like yoloing like riot out of the money calls. Got yeah, yeah, it. Playing it like Buffett. Yeah. So uh, coin Coinbase though is up substantially this year. It's only quadruple. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so if it, uh, but look, hold on. Mission accomplished. Go back real quick. Mission accomplished. Right. We're back to last year's highs. So now it's got to digest. So below one twenty, it's a mess. If we can ultimately resolve higher above. 120. I think you buy it again. And this is the micro strategies. I think Josh's exact quote was go to the next chart, Nicole. <laughs> Josh's exact quote was one of the best quotes of all time. I won't buy this look, stock look, look, if look. you delivered the shares look. in a Bentley, was his exact word. And I still won't. Stand by that. I stand by I stand by I, that. I thought that was a great quote. When did he yeah, say like, that? He said that in Jan. He said that at 133. If you want to go to the next chart. So this is now, it's pushing 500. <laughs> And again, like right, like Coinbase. We're going to edit all this out, right? No, but that was funny. But it was sentiment. Like, I wouldn't buy this stock if you delivered the shares in a Bentley. That's a buy. In fairness to me, I'm not shorting it. I just don't care. No, fine. But my I point- I still wouldn't buy my, it. Okay, so the reason that we liked it then was because- That's what I said. In the bear market. <laughs> is that something you would say? He's so, yes. like, yup, I would say. So hold on. So in the bear market that we had in tech, the short sellers, instead of covering their shorts- they added to short positions. They're responsible. They came into the year the most short they were anything. MicroStrategy is one of those examples. Carvana, you think the fundamentals of Carvana have changed things up 1,300% yeah. because of the positioning, yeah, not so, because of the earnings. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There, You did not have the same degree of turnaround in the businesses no. that we're talking about as you just had in how offsides people were and how expensive it's been for them to reverse themselves. So now let's think about what happened. Bitcoin had a pretty decent move, nothing special. This thing's up 400% yeah. micro strategy. So this thing has far outperformed Bitcoin. And Mara and Riot. So like from, you know, we might not have an ETF to buy Bitcoin, but we do. We have vehicles. And whether it's an, an ETF or a stock, we have vehicles. And isn't that all that matters? It's true. If you wanted to be bullish on Bitcoin, this was a really good way to do it. Any of those, by the way. This yeah. is just one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of those. So if we start breaking out above 500, I think you got a new trade. I think Bitcoin, you got to be above 31,000 for me to be interested from the long side. Otherwise, I'm not touching it. So I'm with you, Josh. So I need to see a breakout. And then this is this is probably what I is my biggest question. I don't know. I, I can't figure out how the 10 years is going to resolve. The 10, it's weird. The, like the belly of the curve. Like Everything shorter than 10 years is 4% plus yields and everything longer than 10 years is four. Now, like you got steepening in the long end of the curve. So it's weird. The 10 year, the intermediate term treasury is where the biggest question mark is. Yeah. So I, so think about I don't it like know this. how it resolves either, so but think about it like that this. is the question. What do you have? Have you've, got, you've got growth stocks, technology stocks, all of these things ripping. What is that pointing to? Lower yields, right? Yeah. But at the same time, now you have crude oil potentially bottoming tips. You've got some of the commodities starting to bottom. Dollar. What is that pointing to? Higher yields. Maybe it just grinds around here. 
Maybe this is just what the 10-year rate's going to be for a while. Honestly, wouldn't be shocked. You, I could not agree more with you. Yeah. That is where my head— Because that's a tug of war. Yeah. So, and and the market, you don't need a winner. And the market loves that. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, the paying trade for bonds— Sideways? Is sideways, mm -hmm. I think. And, and clearly, the market loves that, right? So go to the next one. You can see this is the alternative. This is where it breaks out. Go to the next one. See? No, no, go, go back, go to the red, go to the red. There you go. See? So that's, so is this a failed breakdown? JC, it's like Black 90. <laughs> wedding singers? No, wedding crashers. Okay, next. So then, this, so this is really interesting because in gold, you have the, in, in gold, you have the price of gold. And then in black, you have gold relative to S&Ps. So in the 2000s, you had gold doing really well and also outperforming stocks. And then while gold has done nothing over the last decade, look how it's done relative to stocks, right? So just think about the opportunity cost that you've had to endure not being long stocks because you chose rocks instead. Good chart. Yeah. Never, never rocks, always stocks. Well, for there's the a long, time. Well, literally. For the long term. Well, for the long term. Well, there was 10, 12 years that. You yeah. wanted to be in the rocks. True. True. Right? True. So here, go to the next I one. I still didn't. So then these are the rocks on an absolute basis. They look good. Are we going to get this breakout? I, I think can't believe I can't believe it's not 2,500 an ounce. I can't believe it. I really, I'm not a gold guy. I was going to say, you're not I, even a gold buy. I, no. I can't, can't believe, believe you bought GDX. Yeah, I bought it and lost money on it. What's the matter with you? It's a piece of shit. Like every other gold miner. All right, tell me how you really feel. I really feel like it's a piece of shit. <laughs> well, look at this one. This one's less of a piece of shit. And that's like supposed to be the blue chip. Look at this one. This is more of like a turd, maybe. Less of a, less of a whole piece. I hate piece. all these stocks. I hate, go to whole, the... I hate this whole mentality. This so whole this is Alamos Gold. This is, this is the, uh, one of the blue chips in the space. Alamos. <laughs> all right. What? All right. Listen, if we're above 10 and a half and you want some gold exposure, nah. this is one of the least shittier ones. Next. How's that? These are all Canadian con artists. What else um, do we have? I believe this one's from Toronto. Um, okay, so this is you. You texted me the other day about Empire State Building. I did. I bought, it, I like, I bought it anyway. I didn't even wait for you. Didn't respond. All right. So well, I'm making money. You didn't want my response anyway. No. So um, wait, time out. I gotta jump in. Last time I texted you, what do you think of SLG? You said I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made seventy five percent. Give me, give me a clap. All right. Go ahead. Thank you. Well. That was so sad. I'm having that was a really sad clap. That was very emasculating. Yes. Um, so REITs left for dead, man. Nobody likes them. And when nobody likes something, Josh, I'm interested. Josh Brown likes REITs. I like them. And I like and I, I like REITs that you wouldn't think I would like. Why don't really we take do. a look at some? What okay. is this? Alexandria Real Estate Equities, bro. Where is I've never heard of this. Well, maybe you should look at more REITs. Where is it? What, what do they do? Um, I think they're like in all the major cities, Boston, New York, D.C. Look Alex at me with my fundamentals, huh? Look at me. This is an office REIT, first of all, um, if that means anything to you. And I see us back down to those former resistance levels, back from 07, that you guys pretend don't exist, right? And we're back there finding support. <laughs> oh, no, they exist. They just don't matter. Okay, well, clearly it matters to it matters this, this time again. <laughs> so if we're above 120, I think you own it. Look at public storage. Here's another one. Fifty-two billion market cap. Do you like this one? I I was this the Amazon I one? know it. I'm not in it. This no, is, you're thinking of Prologis. Right, right, right. This is P like PLD. This is like three Doge coins. This is in market public cap. storage. PSA. Dude, this, this this thing looks like trash. Does it? Yeah. I see it finding support. <laughs> right, Come but on, everybody dude. agrees Come with you. Come on, like this is a daily. It's just garbage. Zoom out. I, I can't. Sometimes I just then can't. don't. This looks garbage. Michael's looking at thirty-second candles. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm, relax. A I'm on the daily stretch. Hold on. So if we're above those sixteen highs, you want to own it? Knock yourself out. Look at this, this one, CoStar. This, this, so I have one I like better than this. I like real estate services better than I like REITs. 
Real estate services are going to be the companies that help all these distressed situations. Like, you don't have this chart. CB Richard Ellis. Uh, What's the ticker? I think it's CBRE. Uh, or it could be just CB. Uh, no, Chubb is CB. CBRE group? This yeah, is going to break out. Uh these are these are companies that are doing like outsourced real estate for Fortune 500 companies. It turns out large corporations with lots of real estate assets or leases or whatever don't actually want to deal with it at all. They want to outsource it all. That's going to be a good business right now where nobody knows what the hell to do with all their office space. So I actually so CoStar is in this service group, the brokerages, the uh outsourced, you know, uh services. I think that's actually a great place to be. What, what do you see in this chart? I see it going from the lower left CSGP. to the upper right. Yeah. You know, and that's cool. And uh, I see a nice base over the last few years. If it breaks out above 95, you buy it. In the meantime, you sit tight and watch it. Okay. What else you got in here? This, your is, this is me. You don't love this? You did know. You up, did you update it to account for the rally today? I did not. Stock's oh, on fire right oh, now. Oh, big day today. It was today. up 2%. Up 4. Whoa. Hey, now. Yeah. Big, um, big well, volume. A, I mean, it's a read. Big volume. <laughs> it's, a, it's only $2 billion, the Empire State Building? I'm just going to tell you that the Empire State Building will be fine. This is not, It's an $8 read, but it really shouldn't be $8. It's This this thing's going higher. It should be at least 11 Well, I, it's it's paying a dividend. It's buying back shares. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's They don't own 50 buildings. They own a couple of buildings. The Empire State Building is like the premier property in New York. They will. They are at ninety percent occupancy. I don't know about premier no, property. No, it's, it is for office office real dude, estate. It's junky offices. They're not nice. No, they have. They've been doing substantial renovations all I've over the entire building. Have been office in there? Have you? No. They're, they're, they're doing things. Yeah, I, I looked at office space. Okay, no, they're, they're doing amenities there. in 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 the building now that you would not believe. They are. Really? They, yeah, they are. They are. It was bad for a while. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Granted, I haven't looked at office space in. 13 years or something yeah. like that. But Listen, nevertheless, well, <laughs> when I went, it sucked, all right? <laughs> Listen, the, the point is there's a flight quality in commercial real estate in big cities. It's not that companies are running away from the cities. They can't. That's where their younger employees live. It's where their customers come and visit them. Yeah. What's really going on is the class A tenants are crowding into class A buildings. I would not be investing in B buildings or C buildings. Is That's Empire not State what this Building is. a class A? It's, uh, uh, it's considered a class A. It's it's definitely a class A location, and they're doing a lot of work on the building, and they are beautifying this thing inside and out, and it's going to be fine. All right. So I I, th I my personal belief. There's I think a be website fine. that I, cause I used to have a view of the Empire State Building, and there's a website that you know how it changes colors. It tells you why it's that color, like every day. Oh. And it's for the dumbest reasons you can imagine. Like it's, most of them are not like you would never think that most that's of them are the not reason. Like the Giants just clinched and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. That's not. Right. Well, that yeah. happens every now and then, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. you know, there's literally a reason for every day. You'd be sort of like somebody's coming into town, and it's for them. Like you it's crazy. on the Dolphins this year. They're going to the Super Bowl. Next yeah, chart. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins 30, 49ers 23. All right. Do we, how many charts do we have left? I think only. Uh, I think we only got. I think this is it. What okay. is this? So this is Four Star Group Real Estate, it's a subsidiary of Dr. Horn, and it's making new all-time highs. Looks so incredible. That, that catches my attention. So this is small cap. Uh, look at it breaking out. If it's above twenty-five, I, I, I think take a look. Yeah, F O R, and I think that that might be. That's it. We're out of shorts. Do we have any more, Nicole? Oh, Iron Mountain. Oh, uh, what? I don't know what this is. So there's a data center REIT paying four percent, making all time highs. This thing's a freaking beast. So do you want this to own the to Empire be, State Building or do you want to own this? This used to be filing cabinets. You know that? Nice pivot. Yeah. Well, right. They did the digital. 
digitization of of records. JC, oh, you, did, la- you did it again. Hold on, the last oh, one. one more. Okay. La- la- last 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 topic I want to mention quickly uh, is healthcare. You know, we had a massive bear market in equities. A lot of things went down. This one didn't. This one went sideways. Dude, you crushed it. Can I throw the trade? Can I throw yeah, the, trade? Give us the trade? Hold on. So zoom out in healthcare. Does that look terrible? No, I buy it. Second largest component of the S&P, second largest component of the Dow, Ugh, FYI. Pfizer, disgusting. And then the, here's the trade. This is what Give I bought this week. Hit us. Give it to him, Nicole. The Abbey. Abbey. Yeah. So this spun off from Abbott Labs, and it's now bigger than Abbott Labs. Yeah. Wow. It's a beast. So I like it if we're above 135. I like it long. I'm very, very long. Pfizer and, Pfizer and Bristol Miles fits too close. Yeah, JC, you crush it. The JC Chart Show. It's incredible. Uh... We do a couple of a couple of things really quickly, but let's just tell people uh, while the iron is hot. How do people sign up for more of your stuff? They go to allstarcharts.com. Yep. Okay. Yep. And- go to allstarcharts.com. If you want to throw up that last slide, Nicole? Uh, if you want to check out the trailer for the docu series that we're filming out in Asia, the, the boys just got back today. Go to this is like chartists gone wild. Basically, <laughs> is that the pitch? Uh, it's it. We didn't record that part, go, but uh, go Wall, with that. Wall Street to AllStreets.com. Check out the trailer. It's really, really cool. Very cool. These guys had a lot of fun. Yeah. Jim Rogers' house. That's pretty cool. Hey, throw this up by uh, U.S. Homeowner, homeowner Equity. Here, here's why the housing market didn't blow up when interest rates quintupled and mortgage rates doubled. The consensus was that real estate is, is in big trouble and the housing market's in big trouble. And- you know, it seems like we could all look back at it now very smugly and say this was so obvious. But like, really, uh, the equity stake that homeowners have, yourself included, yourself included, in their homes is like the unsung hero um, when you have now the value of houses going back up again. Uh, if you didn't sell, and most people are not looking to sell because they don't want a new mortgage at 7% or 3%. Um, these are equity-rich mortgages. So where the holder's equity stake is at least half the property's worth, that's now 49% of the national total in the second quarter. Um, that's a huge surge over the last four years. During the pandemic, it was about 27%. And as you can see here, it's it's a lot of states that maybe you wouldn't think of off the top of your head. Nevada, Louisiana, Arizona, Florida, Utah. But you uh, – you, you've got those are the, the states where it's declined. But if you just think about your local area and the people that own homes around you, that is to me like a very unsung hero of why the consumer has been strong and the housing market hasn't fallen apart. People just have built up a lot of equity. They're okay on their mortgages. They were able to refinance no problem. For three years, you could refinance for almost nothing. That's not the kind of thing that ter- that changes overnight. It would be really hard to have a recession without home prices falling. And they're just not falling, and they're not turning over either. Well, guess and what? Paradoxically, if rates weren't at seven percent, maybe you would see price corrections. So the yeah, why, I know. I agree. Right? People can't sell, and therefore, therefore they don't. Therefore, they don't. No, I hundred percent agree with that. But that is not in January and February. No. That is not the outcome that you would have been predicting as so. they were raising rates by. 25, 25, no. 50, 50, well, 75, but just think about 75. The best performing sector. In the back half of last year, when the market bottomed in June, was consumer discretionary. Home builders were already making new all-time highs. So we've already seen a ton of strength from the consumer. And even still, with the rally that we've seen in technology, on an equally weighted basis, 
the consumer is still the best performing sector. Yeah. You got you and you look at airlines and airlines are not consumer discretionary, but they kind, they of, kind are. of are. They kind of are. Cruises. Uh, you know, gaming stocks are new, making new all-time Costco. highs. Cruises doubled. Bro, Costco. Costco's a staple. Listen, uh, you got 3.6% official headline unemployment. You got people with money in the bank that's now earning money. Think about how wealthy people feel right now. Home prices have stopped falling and are now bouncing, okay? Uh, people have gotten raises. People's cash balances in the bank are now earning them even more money. Their stock portfolios are racing back to all-time highs. Of course, the consumer is still going for it. Like That's, like to me, the least surprising externality of this. Uh, are you calling Twitter X? I'm not going to. No, nobody is. No, is anybody? No. When you send a tweet, are you Xing? Is that? I think you're Zing. You, nobody. What are you laughing at? Are you Zing? Oh, I put something in here. Oh, this. No one is going to say Z. Oh, is, I thought. I thought. Is X the thread no, already dead? No. Have they shut it down? But it yet? said X E E T I N G. How do you pronounce it? X Eating? Oh, you're being serious. No, I swear to God. Uh, are you on Threads? I tried it out because everybody else did, and it sucked, so everybody left. Is right? everyone gone? Yeah. I can't use it for compliance reasons. It's like 90% of the users are down. Listen, Nicole you said I, You said I can't use it, right? Why? Why? Don't you want to photocopy all my tweets and put them in a file? No. Oh. It's um, not even chronological. Twitter is unmonetizable, as we've— as we know, right? Not just I don't know. not since Elon bought it, but it's just impossible to monetize. They were doing five billion dollars in revenue in 2021. Now that I think they're going to do three. That's what the reports oh. are. LinkedIn did 15 Put billion. It. We have this as a chart. This is like uh, this is something most people probably this don't Al know. Alex, I love LinkedIn. So. Alex Morris, by the way, great chart. Great. Do you use great LinkedIn? Writer. Do you talk like no? You really? Oh, why are you saying like that? What am I going to use LinkedIn for? I don't know. Like, look for a job? Like, find babes? I don't know. No, well, I think it's great. I, like, talk to people on LinkedIn. Who do you talk to on LinkedIn? It's people that are using their real names. It's professionals. No. I swear to God, no. I use it all the time. No. I think it's great. I think it's great. Okay. Right. Uh, real quick. We're, we're finishing up here. Are you using MySpace, too, or no? Uh, can we talk about Inter-Miami? Can we talk about soccer, like, for 10 seconds? I know you're I know you're Canes fan, Miami Heat fan, a Marlins fan. Yeah, Ish. I grew up an Orioles fan. All right. Are you going to get into this soccer thing? You guys have the best player on earth playing playing for your team. I think David Beckham's the, like one of the general managers of the team. Like, are you going to get excited about this or not really? Cubans don't play soccer. Really? Nah. No excitement at all? I don't care. You know the guy that owns the team is a Cuban billionaire. No. I mean, listen, I'm happy for them. It's good for the city. Jorge uh, Like, you Mas. should see where they play. Like, they need a new place. Well, you I was going to ask but, you, they're playing yeah. this shit in Fort Lauderdale, of yeah, all places. Yeah. Well, they didn't build, they didn't have a place for something like this to occur. Okay. They'll build, they'll build something. Yeah, 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 for they'll sure. They'll build something hyped up in Miami. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for the city. I'm stoked for the people who care about that sort of thing. But, like, I just, I, you know, I watch, like, the World Cup when the U.S. is in it. It's fine, you know. Can I tell you something? I watched the first game. They played, uh, I think they played. You were the, texting me. Yeah. I was like feeding was my baby. So I'm excited. like, I'm not watching soccer. He right didn't, <laughs> so the first night they got, they got Lionel Messi. They didn't play him in the first half of the game. The second half they put him in, the crowd like loses. And everyone's there, like Kim Kardashian's there, LeBron's there. Like it's, it's a big deal. They put him in the game. I think he scored a goal. <laughs> like immediately. The second game they played Atlanta, I was watching was last night or, or two nights ago. He scored two goals like within 15 minutes. This is unheard of shit going on. It's the best player in the world and Major League Soccer starting this new tournament where they're going to play the Latin American League. And 
they're like very big stakes. And I feel like it's at the beginning of this finally becoming like an American interest thing. I hope it does, know. you know, because the, pro the problem is, is Americans play other sports, right? In a lot of these other countries, their best athletes play soccer. Right. So their soccer teams are like our best athletes play football and yes, baseball. But if and we like can now recruit the best soccer players 100%. from around the world yeah. and they were willing to play for major league soccer teams in America. That changes the game, and also it brings it to the local cities. Like the kids have like a team to root for and stuff like that. I think it's great. You watch so you watch soccer, right? Some. What's I your mean, Ted Wesser kind of got me back into soccer. Ah, <laughs> nice. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I think it's kind of cool. The the guy that owns it is uh, he owns thirty five percent of this stock, Maztec MTX. Do you know yeah. what this is? I, it's I, like a Cuban Cuban yeah. run infrastructure company based in Miami, but it's public. Yeah. Okay. I've had my Miami high school friends asking me about this stock for twenty years. What's the ticker? Maztec. M-A-S? Uh, all, the, all the Cubans ask you about Nasdaq? Yeah. Okay. Well, they all, this, like, know somebody, you know. So, dude, they this, they know. this guy, Jorge Mas, pulled off quite a coup. Yeah. MHH. He got the best player in the world to come play for him. That's some Pat Riley shit right there, that's, right? I mean, look at this stuff. I mean, that's kind of that seems like kind of a big deal. Uh, Apple is charging $12 a month for uh, MLS, like, get all the games, every game, every team. New York has two teams. And I don't think either one of them are particularly good. Uh, all right. You have fun on the show today? Always, man. You know, nice to be yeah. here. Did you have fun today? I like Bannock's shirt. It's, it's, like it's important that everyone has I fun. I always have fun with Jason's here. Nicole, you did an amazing job with the charge. Just want to say thank you. And she was taking photos. And photos. Nicole is, Nicole is crushing it right now. All right. Let's do favorites. Uh, Michael, why don't you start us off? I listened to a great podcast on vacation. Derek Thompson's playing English. He was on. He had uh, Julia Alexander from the Puck, or from Puck, is it Puck? Puck, yeah. Talking about what's going on with streaming, linear movies, and the debacle at Disney and Netflix and Hulu and how that gets resolved. And it was just great. How was uh, Baja Mar? It was great. Have you ever been there? I had I a great time. I've never been there. Great time. Yeah. I mean, what, I, was, it, what was your favorite part of? Uh, what was your favorite favorite I part loved, of the vacation? I, I mean, just I. So it's been a couple of years since we were away without the kids. That was that was fun. Uh, I love gambling. So I love being. What'd you play? Blackjack. I just love being at the table. Do you want another drink? Yeah, I do want another drink, please. I just love that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and the weather was nice, and the food was great. It was a great time. Uh, well, Loved it. Well, de well deserved. He was on Slack from the beach. I can't help it. Like yeah. responding to me, I'm like, can you just go have a vacation, please? I can't yeah. help it. He can't help it. Uh, all right, I listened to a bunch of podcasts recently. Uh, Seth Klarman was on with Ted Seides. I haven't listened yet. Good. He's probably the opposite investor as you are, like his approach. Um, he was shorting stocks this year? No, 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 no. I don't mean like he's betting against the just things he, that you're betting on. Just the, men the mentality. I know him. Yeah, I know yeah. him. He's, doing the he's doing the things that are most off the beaten path. He's not like, what's the best stock in the S&P to buy? He's looking for like a private credit where people think a bank is going out of business, but it's and really not. And also he's not. probably buying business. He doesn't give a shit about sentiment. Yeah, anyway, this is one of, I, and I emailed this to Ted. He, first of all, he doesn't do – Seth Klarman doesn't do media. He's putting out the sixth edition of, uh, of, of the book, and he got a lot of really great people lined up to write chapters in it. And that's why – so that's why he's on with Ted. But I told Ted, this is like the perfect way to interview Seth the way, is the way that Ted did it because Ted really knows everything about this guy. So it's it was, it was worth listening to. Uh, and he owns part of the Red Sox, and I think he's a, bil I think he's a billionaire. Uh, the Acquired podcast did the Nike story. Do you ever listen to that show? No. You would love this. Okay. It's four hours. Oh, I heard about this. So I had to drive to Newark Airport. It's like the business side, I made right? Sprinkles listen to this good. whole thing. I heard about this. It was, it was really It's really awesome. good. Cool. It's good and then Ice-T was on Drink Champs. 
so Drink Champs is like uh, just all legendary rappers, and Ice T is one of the one of the better life stories. Anyway, those are those are my three. Uh, do you have any favorites for us today, JC? I just wanted, you know, something that I think gets underrated and lost quite a bit is just how good the sushi is in New York. I know Josh doesn't like it. New no, York I is do like, like it. You don't like it. I like spicy, crunchy tuna rolls. I, I can't even look at you. New York City is like real city when it comes to sushi. Like, it, like people are like, oh, there's good sushi in Charlotte or in Chicago. No, 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 no. New York City is like a real city Say when more. it comes to sushi. Go, yeah. go off, King. Say more. Why? 69 Leonard. Well, it's New York, so... Right, yeah, so everything's better than everywhere in New York. I agree with that. Well, I don't know about all that, but sushi, like, it's on the map globally in terms of, like, like you, there's real Japanese cuisine here. Give us yeah. some more spots. 69 Leonard, what else? 69 Leonard, and it, the best Plan B in the history of Plan Bs is Blue Ribbon, is a Blue Ribbon Sushi. And, and the fact that that's the Plan B and the place is bomb, and Blue you could always get a table. In, in Fidei? Sushi in Fidei. No, no, Blue there's a Blue Ribbon Sushi in Financial District is there also. Now? Uh, yeah. Well, there's the original one next to yeah, the yeah, blue yeah. ribbon that we used to go to. Yes. And With there's the one on 58. Yeah, they do an oxtail uh, fried rice. Yeah, they do. No, bone marrow. That's what I was thinking. You put me onto that. Oh, but that's the original blue ribbon. Okay, okay. This is blue ribbon sushi specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Japonica in the village. Been there since the 80s. Mm. How many sushi joints you know been around since the 80s? Yeah. Okay. 69 lettered for Omakase. Is there, is there spot, a decent though. sushi in Midtown? I can't find one that I like. No, you know, uh, sushi by Bo. Sushi by Bo does a little omakase. Uh, that's, uh, I don't. I don't. I, that's too much for me. Dude, koi Just is like next a store. No, but no, koi is a that's bang not sushi. out. Like they, they might have sushi. They but have sushi, but it's like I feel like that place is almost. Dude, stop eating in Midtown. Go it's downtown. Like I know a normal why, but I work here is my problem. Okay, well, go downtown. The food's better. All right, J.C. Peretz, ladies and gentlemen, crushing on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks to Duncan. Duncan, rough week for you. A little bit. No John here? You made it. Yeah. All right. You made it, though. You did a great job. Oh, killing it. Killing it. Nicole, Duncan, Rob, thank you guys so much. Thanks for everything. John, we missed you. Sean, great job in the dock. Shout out to all the listeners. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you check out allstarcharts.com for Michael's vacation photos. Where can they go? They want to see. Is it? Only no? fans. Okay. All right. Hey, guys. Remember, if you love the show, give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell your friends. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again. I asked somebody to take a picture of us. I post on Instagram. Look at this freaking picture that she took. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? No. Is that the weirdest thing ever? It looks like you're holding.